I'm Sarah Myerskoff, and this is the Insurance Brokers Podcast, where we're talking to the personalities and the businesses that sit behind our industry. If you like what you hear, please hit subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform. Hello, Catherine. Thank you so much for joining me this morning on the Insurance Brokers Podcast. I know we've had this planned for a long time coming, so thank you for bearing with me. It's great to have you on the show. Thank you. Good morning, Sarah. It's great to be here. We've got a very particular topic today, which I'm quite excited about because I'm sure I will learn lots from you. But before we jump into it, do you want to just give a little bit of overview of who Catherine France is and what you do? Mm, Yes, of course. Um, My name is Catherine France. I'm an insurance copywriter. So I help busy insurance executives create consistent content that helps them attract and convert their dream clients. And that involves writing um, anything from blog posts to social media captions, helping them with their websites, um, anywhere they want to um, get more visible, stand out and stay relevant to their audience. Fabulous. So, so actually, what we're talking about today is very specifically around LinkedIn. And I'm interested just to kind of brain splurge with you about all of the problems we see with LinkedIn and clients we work with and how you approach it. And and just for people listening, Catherine and I often do uh, some work together. uh, So our different styles complement and we both have sort of a different take on it. So hopefully this will be of interest to anybody in the insurance profession that is uh, struggling with or wants to maximize LinkedIn. So Catherine, I'm a, I'm an insurance broker. Uh, I want to start LinkedIn. How do you, how do you start me? What's the kind of strategic questions you would start with before we put together a marketing plan? I think, I think it's a huge opportunity, LinkedIn. Um, I love LinkedIn. I've been on it for, I think, probably just over 10 years, um, which ages me. <laughs> 875 million people on LinkedIn. And um, I believe it's the oldest social media platform as well. But all those people on LinkedIn need insurance. So it's just a huge pot of potential clients for insurance brokers. So there's the opportunity to create a strategy around generating inbound leads for insurance brokers is, is huge. And that's what I help my clients do. And I kind of break that down into four key areas. And that's profile, network, content, and then engagement. And I think the content and the engagement are kind of are really interlinked. Um, and that's what can, can really help them drive the, the hits and the likes and the views on the profile. So, yeah, so I, I'm quite happy to, to talk about those all day, but you're going to keep me to a rigid timetable, but we'll try and pack in as much <laughs> value as we possibly can along the way. <laughs> there is, there's very little about me that's rigid, so uh, <laughs> that's unlikely to be the case. But um, uh, so I like... <laughs> I like the way you've broken it down into into four different parts. Let's start with profile because what I see when I'm speaking to clients and 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 just general people about LinkedIn and the use is that the focus is always on content and engagement and there is a huge piece to do before that to make sure the profile and your network are the right target. So how do you go about doing that both from a personal and a business page? What's what's yeah. your okay. nuggets of wisdom? probably apply to 
probably apply to both. There's probably a few adjustments for between the personal profile and a, and a company profile. And I'll try and remember to, to kind of fit those in as well. I think the first thing to say would be that I don't use premium LinkedIn. I use it as a free platform. I would recommend you enable creator mode because you can add a link to your website onto your profile. And I'd also say before you start, do two things. So track your analytics, see how many people are viewing your page, how many, where you're appearing um, and kind of capture that as your kind of start point. And also think about what your objective is. So if we, for the purposes of this, our, our aim is to drive inbound leads to to you. You want people to contact you and say, I need help with my insurance. I've seen your content on LinkedIn. I like it. I want you to help me. So I think before you before you start, they're the kind of like the key key things you need to think about. And the profile really is it's like having another web page. If you haven't got a website, then then you kind of use it like a website. So it's making sure that you've got a you know a banner image, um, a decent headshot photo, um, that your headline's clear, that it says what you do and who you help. And then your um, contact information. So if you're in creator mode, as I said, you can put your website, a link straight to your website or wherever you want to point people to. And that you've got your contact information on there. I think that's really important. If people do still want to pick up the phone or they want to send you an email, that they can get your contact information from your profile and, and drop you a line. And then the summary section. Now, this is... This is like your sort of shop front, really. So you've got, I think you've got 3,000 characters for your, for your about section. So this is where you can really explain what you do and who you help. I think you can make it really bespoke. So what I urge people to do is to think about who their ideal client is. Now, this can sometimes feel a bit like I can see, you know, insurance brokers are wriggling around in their seat because... The temptation is to be all things to all men or women or anybody else. <laughs> but actually, you need to think about your ideal client. You know, who are they? What are their challenges? What's keeping them awake at night? And, you know, and talk to those people. So it might be that you're targeting, you know, businesses in the area or manufacturing businesses. You know, what's keeping the director up at night? He's not going to wake up in the morning and think oh my god I need to rush out and buy some insurance he's probably thinking things like you know there's a cost of living crisis I've got staff employees that depend on me you know how do we protect the longevity of the business or we've just launched an online shop you know ha what happens if we get hacked or you know what happens if we get sued for something you know it's it, it's just kind of going that one step further. We know these people need insurance, but why? What are the triggers that are going to make them think I need some help and and reach out to the broker? So I think the, the worry is that you're focusing on a, a smaller audience, but actually that's it. With your LinkedIn profile, you can change it as often and as much as you want. So it's not forever. It's just, you know, it could be for the purposes of a specific campaign or kind of to get you started using a particular kind of type of client. Because some of my clients are quite open. They say, you know, they can't really help solopreneurs or small business owners. That's not where their sweet spot is. Actually, what they do well are 
you know, large to corporate manufacturing risks. So they're the people that we talk to in the content. And it makes writing that content a lot easier because you know who you're writing it for. When you're trying to be too general, people can get confused, although I think this doesn't apply to me. Rifle, not a shotgun. mm, Exactly. So Mm, you've got that about section to really kind of explain to those people that you understand their worries, their concerns, their fears, but also you've got the solution that helps them mitigate those, whether it's risk management or insurance, and how that process would work for them. I think it's also important to just highlight to people that this is not this is not a days long job. This is if you sit down with a focus, you can get your profile set up relatively quickly. And it just needs to be no waffle, direct to the point. This is who I am. This is who I help. This is why you need me. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, to be fair, you could go to my profile and see how I've written mine and Mm. use a similar structure. So one of the things, just moving from profile to network, because network's Mm. where I find there's a lot of, uh, not a lot of focus. So one of the things that I've noticed about insurance professionals is their network is full of insurance professionals. If you've got a business page, you can go in and have a look and see of your followers, which industry are they related to? It's worth noting that that is pulled directly from somebody's profile. So if your profile isn't set up properly, you're feeding into other people's Mm -hmm. stats incorrectly. But it's definitely worth having a look. Of your connections, what business industries are you predominantly in? And is that where you want to be? Is that who you want your messaging to go Mm. to? How do you deal with this? Because you said right at the beginning that you don't use premium. I do use premium. I use Sales Navigator to be able to uh, connect with different industries. How do you do it from a a non-premium perspective? So I tend to do it on my phone because I find it a lot easier. Uh, But it doesn't matter. You can do exactly the same thing on desktop. So my audience are insurance businesses. So I've got quite a lot. As are mine. (laughs) And there's still some out there that are yet to connect. I would go straight to the search in LinkedIn and I would put probably managing director insurance, something similar in the search box. And you get a, a bar below it that lets you you filter the results and I would filter that by UK because that's where I want my people to be and then I filter it again for second connections so obviously first connections are people I'm already connected to so that's that's great and second connections are like a friend of a friend I don't bother with third connections because I think unless you use premium you the I don't think it'll let you connect with them. So I would simply do that and then I would go down the lot go down the list on my phone and literally click add to those people. Now I I look at the headline and then I think, yes, that's the right person. Add, 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 add. And I would probably do, I don't know, between 10 and 20, probably a week. I mean, you can do more. It just depends how much time you've got. Now I don't you get up to 250 a month isn't it that you can add it'll tell you when you've if you've gone over that so if you're looking for I don't know butchers or you know whatever it is 
it will give you those results whether that's in somebody's headline or not um you know if you're looking for specific trades or um, roles within the business so if you wanted to contact the finance manager or you know the hr man you know whoever it was that you wanted to look for you can search for those particular job titles and it will give you the results and you can you can connect now i don't add personalized messages when i connect with people this is a bit of a <laughs> it's a bit like marmite it's a marmite isn't it yes it's a discuss and the reason is I can't think of anything I could possibly write on that connection request that doesn't make me sound spammy and slightly odd, having received plenty of them myself. <laughs> so I guess that if I send someone a connection request, they're going to do what I've done. They're going to look at my headline. They might click on my profile and then they'll decide whether to accept the connection request or not. And that's fine. I just, I just, yeah, I think the fair enough. If you've, perhaps been to a networking event that morning and you've chatted to somebody and you said oh well you know I'll connect with you on LinkedIn or whatever you could say lovely to meet you this morning here's the connection request or whatever but even so I just think yeah just connect 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 they will decide so whether too. they like you or not <laughs> um, uh, again why the profile needs to be is is, is so important yeah Exactly. One of the things that I often do is I do use Sales Navigator, but I often, when I'm working with clients, I get them to sign up to the free month and then we cancel it. And what I found about Sales Navigator, particularly when you're entering into a new area or you're building a profile in a new niche, is it allows you to pick things like the membership bodies in that group. So I might, I don't know, put British Insurance Brokers Association and it will pull up that profile and allow me to connect directly with all the decision makers within that organization. What it also does is even if those people do not accept my connection request, they are saved as leads, which means if they post something on LinkedIn, I get a notification in my sales navigator. So it allows you to start engaging with their content even if you're not directly linked, which is a good kind of boost, I suppose, in a particular area or industry or group of people. Uh, so it's it's definitely worth doing for the free trial. And then you make a decision whether or not it, it, it's something you want to pay. I think it's about yeah. £60, a, £60 a month, is it? Yeah, it's quite expensive. Yeah, so yeah, um, is, yeah. maybe not that much. That's a really good tip, though, actually, for, yeah, for, for boosting and, and, and getting, like you said, in front of more potential clients um just yeah. by calling on their on their stuff that that's really useful yeah very powerful yeah absolutely so talk to me about content because um you've just touched on the fact that you don't send personal messages neither do I because there is nothing I can write unless there is a personal connection that doesn't yeah. sound salesy spammy odd or um yeah. a, 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 an initial turn off in my yeah. personal view if I see yeah. a message I go nope and one of the things that I often find about content is it's samey or salesy and mm. how how do you approach the content aspect to get to get over that hurdle I think it can feel really daunting it can feel overwhelming I think to to post on LinkedIn if you've not done it before and and I, I get that. I, I totally understand that. I think what you say is absolutely spot on. There's a lot of content that's very similar from being put out by insurers, insurance brokers, large 
broker firms, which also presents an opportunity, I think, to do something slightly different. Now, in terms of sales, non-sales content, when I'm talking to my clients and we're building their profile on LinkedIn, we are very much focused on educating, informing, giving value as opposed to selling. So it's probably like the 80-20 rule. 80% of the content we put out is information. And then 20% of that might be information with a call to action that's a that's more salesy. And I think it goes back to thinking about who your ideal client is and what their challenges are um, and where your client is right now. What do they know? So it can vary between they don't know very much about insurance at all. So we might start with a content plan that explains different types of insurance. And we tend to do that by making, you know, it, writing it in plain English with examples that they would understand or scenarios that they might have come across. Um, so it becomes more relatable. We use stories. So something that might happen to somebody on and kind of explain things like that, they tend to work quite well. And we would build, we would kind of build into the plan anything that's, that might be regulatory. So not necessarily insurance regulatory, but there's the new Building Safety Act. There's been recent changes on um, commercial buildings, energy efficiency ratings and things like that. So kind of general useful information that their audience might need to know. Because you're building this kind, you you know, you're trying to build a reputation as being, you know, as delivering value, um, as being, um, you know, knowledgeable, experienced, trustworthy. You know, you're you're kind of giving all that value to your clients, and it avoids that kind of broadcasting that you see quite a lot on LinkedIn. That's just like we've got a great motor trade product. So what? And I think that I think that's the test that I certainly give a lot of my content and what I'm writing for my clients is the so what factor. It's like why does the person reading this need to know this? Um, and and I think that you know there's a huge scope of what we can talk to our audience about insurance because there's you know there's just all sorts of fascinating information that, that people need to know. Do you have a general rule of thumb about how often you post? And I, same question for personal, same question for business profiles. I would say, I would recommend to my clients, and for most of them we do this, is we would post daily, Monday to Friday. Now, other people would say, you know, there's lots of online LinkedIn trainers who would say you post four times a day, five, you know, all sorts of different things. But... I think you should always prioritise quality over quantity. I think if you really, you know, if you haven't got anything to say, don't say anything. <laughs> There's no point just pushing mm. out a post for the sake of it. And I think, I think personal profiles get much better engagement. And I think, um, you know, we're always trying to guess what the algorithm is and this, that and the other. But company pages still don't get as good at engagement as personal profiles so I think if you're using your company page you also need to build a strategy for how you engage your staff in that company page 
and how you get people to share that content and make it more visible and more engaging. Because, I mean, naturally, people are drawn to people and they can see, you know, we click on your profile, we can see you, we know what you look like, we know, you know, like you kind of know who you're talking to on a company page, it's very difficult to do that. Mm. Uh, We often find the personal posts on company pages that not personal, but the people orientated posts on mm. company pages get get the most hits. Yeah. Uh, and, and I agree with you. That's for that reason. So so talk to me. Right. The, the big the big thing here. Right. And we've talked about this offline is return on investment. OK, mm-hmm. so how does the marketing, which is not sales, how do you identify a, a return on investment? So a lot of what people look at is the engagement. But I think there's a lot of myths around the engagements. I think there's a lot of uh, vanity stats that actually don't mean anything, but that people focus on. So so when you are looking at engagement, how do you know what is good? And again, question for personal and for business because the analytics that you get on both are quite different so 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 what how do you approach the engagement piece I think you're right I think there's the the metrics are are slightly misleading because I think you get your um you know you get how many comments and likes which are great because the more you the more comments and likes you get the more people that are seeing the content um so the more um, kind of post impressions that you'll get, um, which is great. But I think the key metric for definitely personal page, probably a company page as well, is that profile view. It's actually who's gone on there and viewed your profile. Because certainly in my experience, they're the people that will drop me a, you know, a message and say, I, I've got, you know, I need your help. Or, you know, can we have a book a call? Because I want to find out if you can help me with this. They're, they're the ones that, that follow through into leads. But it is, it's very difficult to pin a number on the return on investment you would get using LinkedIn because it would depend on your, you know, your profile, your posting schedule, the work you do on your ideal clients, uh, you know, all that kind of engagement and content you know the, the sort of content the quality of content that you're putting out it's not going to deliver an overnight success you know you're not going to wake up the next morning and the phone's ringing off the hook with people wanting to buy insurance it's a longer strategy I think definitely I think when you're looking at engagement like the mm. the percentage engagement that you get on different posts there's also quite a lot of information out there that contradicts each other about what good engagement is and I think it's really important for people yeah. to know and again like you said we we're always guessing how the algorithms work but if you are posting daily the percentage of your followers that actually sees your post is very very low uh, and the more you post, the more you engage, the higher that is. But 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 generally, you're, you're not going to be shown to every one of your connections. So um, your engagement stats reflect that. Now, I've read lots of different things and we have our own rule of thumb in terms of what a good engagement percentage is. Do you have similar? What sort not, of things are you looking for? Not so much in terms of a percentage, I don't think. I think what we do is we kind of test things and see what the audience responds to better. And we find that things 
things like um, posting testimonials or the sales posts don't necessarily get as many comments, but you'll see a spike in people that have looked at your profile. So people are looking at it and doing something else, which is interesting. But the posts that we tend to get the most engagement on and comments are the, I say they're non-insurancy, they're they're still insurancy, but it's the behind the scenes kind of posts. It's the personal stuff. It's the nostalgia. It's the bits of insurance history that, you know, you might have old biomarks, like, you know, you found in the cupboard in the office or, you know, like a typed out terms of business in the cell, you know, like those kinds of things that were that kind of spark you know they resonate with people and they're like oh my god I remember that or you know we used to have that one of those in the office or you know those kind of things that kind of you get more engagement on but like you said that's misleading if they're all kind of insurancey people and not your ideal client so so yeah getting the the profile and the network kind of it, it all ramps up the activity towards towards that if you had so I'm a total novice to LinkedIn I know I need to do it but I'm really not a LinkedIn or social media person what are your three top pieces of advice for me now okay so I would say the first thing is start simple so just in terms of content testings don't be worried if you don't get likes or comments or engagement the chances are if it's the first time you've posted in goodness knows however long that it's going to just disappear into people's feeds yeah don't be upset by that I mean you can spend hours curating you know what you think is the perfect post and it kind of bombs and then you put a picture of you know you sort of child crawling over the back of your chair during a zoom call and it's you know <laughs> and everyone thinks it's brilliant so yeah just don't don't take it to heart it's um you will re- you know you will fairly quickly kind of understand what your your clients or your 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 audience like and respond to that and you can adjust your your content accordingly secondly i'd say you don't you don't have to send dms or use ads it's the, the, the strategy I would recommend to people is growth through content and, and engagement. And that doesn't involve any other the costs other than my time, but it's a longer term strategy, I think. And thirdly, we touched on it earlier, it's prioritise quality over quantity. There's a lot of advice out there that says you've got to be consistent. You've got to be doing this, that and the other. Well, there's no point being consistent if, you're consistently putting out rubbish content so stop (laughs) stop breathe go back to you know thinking about your ideal client the problem that you solve for them and start to build build content from that I think fabulous really good I think I might add to to those that something Mm. that I often talk to clients about is schedule 10 minutes every day just 10 minutes that's all you need and in that 10 minutes your first thought is what have I done today to help someone Mm -hmm. and there's your post great meeting with x 
if you can tag them do this was the issue this is how we solved it and if you can do that three times a week and you can schedule three every day 10 minutes you won't always get a post but three times a week who did I help today and how did I help mm-hmm. them and that gives you something that speaks to your audience and is just it's about process isn't it you'll never ever ever start a new thing if you haven't got a process behind it so stick rigidly to the process and the rest will follow so that would be two bits of advice and my third bit of advice would be give Catherine or Sarah a call if you need any more information (laughs) (laughs) oh I know well done me um uh, the (laughs) contact details will be in the in the um show notes for everybody one of the things that I know from people I work with is that short informative blogs work really really well and that is a hundred percent Catherine's bag Mm -hmm. she does fabulous work in that Um, so if you are looking for some some content written Catherine is your lady if you're looking for videography podcasts and that type of educational then we are both your people because we do podcasting and Catherine can write fabulous blogs from all of the uh, the, the content uh, through interviews so please do get in touch if you want any help even just a you know a half an hour uh, chat to talk things through and then you can go off and uh, crack on yourself so um Get in touch, Catherine. Really enjoyed chatting to you today. I've made some notes on what you've said because I just think I can always learn from podcasts and you've been a wealth of information. So thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Brokers Podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to subscribe on your chosen podcast streaming platform and check us out on YouTube.